There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on January the 25th, 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Scroll down, look at all the other sites I have up there. Bookmark them for future use because you'll find the big sites go down once in a while. And with the bookmarks in place, you can always download the latest shows by using the alternate sites. Remember, there's CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. There's CuttingThroughTheMatrix.net.us.ca. Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca. CuttingThrough.Jenkness.com. And there's also Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. The Sentinel site, the European site, has all the same audios for download with the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given over the past, which you can, you can go into and, and choose from the various languages of Europe. Download them, print them up, and pass them around to your friends. And remember, you bring me to you. You're the audience. I'm probably the only host there that doesn't, I call it flogging stuff. In other words, you sell stuff or push stuff. Uh, the ads on this show that you hear are paid directly by advertisers straight to RBN. I don't have anything to do with it, and I don't even know them. And that pays for the airtime on this show, pays for the uh, the staff, the board operators, their equipment, their bills, and getting the transmission out. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do that by buying the things I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Now remember, in the U.S., you can use personal checks to Canada. You can also use international postal money orders from your post office to Canada. It's a money order, so it's paid in advance, and that's good in Canada. But you've got to stress international money postal order. And you can also use PayPal for purchasing or donation. It's up to yourself how you want to do it. If you want to purchase something, just send a separate email, and I'll get right back to you, and you can use PayPal. You can send cash as well. Now, outside the Americas, same thing. You can use MoneyGram, Western Union, cash, PayPal. It's up to you what you want to choose. And for those who get the discs burned and pass to them at meetings, they play them on CD players rather than use computers. You can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1, P3E4N1. But remember, it's up to you to keep me going because uh, no one else is supporting me. There's no foundation behind me. There's no big corporation selling stuff behind me. It's up to you to keep me going. And the way I do it this way is because it gives me free scope to, to move in different directions. And uh, my arms aren't sort of tied. You can't be compromised in any sort of way this way at all. And 
I was on the Stadmiller show earlier, John Stadmiller. He was off today, so I filled in. And I just did a ramble on basically the reality that we live in. I didn't read so much articles. In fact, I mentioned that every day I could read hundreds of articles if it was an all day long, because all we're doing is reading off a list of the effects of the big system as they just change the system by the day. And I explained, too, that nothing happens by chance at that time. Every decision that's made now was actually thought about, and even the times for implementation were probably done years ago by think tanks. That's how the world works. And it doesn't matter if they change houses of Congress and parties. The same agenda goes on. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just mentioning at the very start that reality is never how it's presented to you. Most folk live in a a fantasy land uh, through their training and education, so they'll only see things in one direction, basically linearly. You're trained to think in one direction only, and that way you, you generally never think out of the box. Uh, you're also incredibly indoctrinated through entertainment, like never before, in fact, an essential arm of indoctrination, pacification, and keeping you out of the world of affairs, or even keeping you out of participating in what's happening even locally around you. You're in a different world, uh, a world that many are being trained that they want to go into. They want to go into the virtual reality. And that's not by chance and by accident either. In fact, the more tough they can make it outside in the big bad world, the more scary it becomes, the more people will want to escape. So they've got that covered as well. Uh, right up until eventually you're chipped and you'll, you, you will be in it. You'll be a happy little drone. Uh, you could be shuffling some dung in a farm somewhere and thinking you're bouncing ar- around on the moon in a James Bond movie with a lovely blonde by your side. They could make you believe anything once the chip's there. And remember, you're not in control of the program. Someone else programs you, so it's out of your hands. I've actually heard youngsters, because of all the stuff they're following on the Internet, looking forward to getting the brain chip, really thinking they can fight it from within, like like Neo and the Matrix. Well, remember, someone else programs the whole system. You don't. Whoever programs it means that you are totally predictable. Every situation you can encounter, every solution that you think you come up with is already programmed into the computer. So you, the idea is to stay out the matrix. Don't get to the stage where you're, yeah, they've tapped into your brain. Because once they've done that, it's no longer yours. Now, I mentioned on the earlier show today that the public have no idea what's really ever going on And I mentioned as well that the system as it stands is meant to fall apart gradually. In fact, they're dismantling the institutions that kept it together for an awful long time. They're dismantling them slowly through, oh, it's too much crisis, too much underfunding, and yada, yada. Things are falling apart. It's unsustainable. That's the term they're using. But they're already setting up their super cities across the world to, in the forms right now of 
permanent military bases, but these are super cities, huge enterprises, high-tech uh, uh, buildings, high-tech equipment, and the materials they're putting into them are, are meant to last for 100 or 200 years. So this is where elites, of course, can travel across the world into their super city, exactly as Jacques um, Attali mentions in his last couple of books on the world in the, the future according to their trend reports, etc. Now, it's astonishing that we're so bankrupt. We, we would, we would really, if they were going to keep the system going, they would need another hundred generations are 200 generations to pay off the existing debts. And meanwhile, they've already told us they don't want continuing generations. They want depopulation massively, which should clue you in to the fact that money is not so important to the elite. After all, they're, they're the guys who create it and create the fiction of it and run it all. They have already planned a future with a different system of reward for themselves. Money is a means to an end. It's a tool by the elite. It's only important that we all believe in it and we're all made to use it for everything that we need. In fact, we're interdependent with it. They've taken all the loopholes of getting around it away from you and they're in the process of closing the last ones. So you've got to be in their money system. But they'll write it all off one day when they bring in a new system after they've brought down the population. Meanwhile, they're using us all to work towards um, creating more weapons for them, creating super cities, as I say, and finishing off their global system for the future. There's an article that came out from Global Research on the nuclear and conventional arms pact that the, the governments are all involved in. But it says here, it's about the U.S. mainly. It says January 23rd, 2010, it says, on January 13th, Associated Press reported that the White House will submit its quadrennial defense review to Congress on February the 1st and request a record high $708 billion for the Pentagon. That figure is the highest in absolute and in an inflation-adjusted constant for any year, dollars since 1946, the year after the Second World War ended. Adding non-Pentagon defense reduced spending, the total may exceed $1 trillion. This is the official report, by the way. And it says, the $708 billion for the Pentagon includes the first time monies for the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, which in prior years were in part funded by periodic supplement requests, but excludes that what the above-mentioned report adds is the first in the new administration's emergency request for the same purpose, a purported $33 billion. Already this month, several NATO nations have pledged more troops, even before the January 28th London conference on Afghanistan, when several thousand additional forces may be assigned for the war there, in addition to over 150,000 already serving or soon to serve under U.S. and NATO command. Washington has increased lethal drone missile attacks in Pakistan and calls for that model to be replicated in Yemen and have made uh, recently more notable by Senator Carl Levin, or Levin, chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, who on January 13th also advocated airstrikes and special forces operations on the country. 
the Pentagon will begin the deployment of 1,400 personnel to Colombia to man seven new bases, seven new bases, eh, under a 10-year military agreement signed last October the 30th. This year, the U.S. will also complete the $110 million construction of new military bases in Bulgaria and Romania to house at least 4,000 American troops for the time being, I'll say, because it's to be used for other purposes, as I've mentioned, down the road. The Pentagon's newest regional command, Africa Command, will expand its activities on and off the coast of that continent beyond current counterinsurgency operations in Somalia, Mali and Uganda, and drone flights from a, a newly acquired site in Seychelles. But this month has brought even more dramatic and dangerous news. <laughs> it's amazing, more dramatic. The Pentagon has authorized and, and com, at the completion of a $6.5 billion arms deal with Taiwan with an agreement to deliver 200 Patriot advanced capability anti-ballistic missiles. The People's Republic of China is infuriated as Washington would be if the situation were reversed and Beijing provided a comparable arsenal of weapons to, for example, an independent Puerto Rico. As though that action was not provocative enough, however, on January the 20th, the Polish Defense Ministry announced that a U.S. Patriot missile battery and the 100 American soldiers who will operate it will not be based on the outskirts of the capital of Warsaw, as previously announced, but in the Baltic Sea area or city of Morag, 35 miles, 35 miles from Poland's border with Russia. <laughs> you know, this is like George Orwell's 1984 with perpetual war, remember? And it is, it's perpetual war. It says here, the missile battery and troops are scheduled to arrive in March or April as part of the Obama administration's new missile shield project, one which will be integrated with NATO to take in all of Europe and extend into the Middle East and the Caucasus. The Patriots will be followed by standard missile 3, SM3 interceptor deployments on warships in the Baltic Sea and, for the first time ever, a land-based version of the same the Pentagon will deploy command posts of the SM-3 missiles, which can intercept both short- and mid-range missiles. An SM-3 was used by the Pentagon to shoot a satellite out of orbit in February of 2008 to give an indication of its range. Then further deployments will follow. This is a new post-George Bush administration. Interceptor missile system will employ existing missile systems based on land and sea, Deployment of the revised missile defense would extend through to 2020. Oh, we've got a lot to look forward to here. The first step is to put existing sea-based weapons systems on Aegis-class destroyers and cruisers. It's astonishing. Last December, Washington signed a status of forces agreement that formalizes plans for the United States military to station American troops and military equipment on Polish territory and opens the way for the promised Patriot missiles and U.S. troops to be stationed in Poland as part of an updating or upgrading of NATO air defences in Europe. Quite something, eh? But there you go, I mean, perpetual war. And I read the article before from the U.S. military on perpetual war. It's ongoing, it's to be that way for the rest of our lives as they change the entire world, not just militarily, but also as they bring down the populations 
across the world as well by forced uh, systems eventually, including the Chinese systems, to be used across Europe and the United States of America because the UN has said that China is the model state for the world. I've said it over and over again. I won't even bother going into all the articles I've read ad nauseum in the past from the Optimum Population Trust and all the other various uh, non-governmental organizations funded by the think tanks which have the ears of all governments. This is too many to, to count, actually, right now. But that's, that's that one. And as I say, we're living in a, a plan. We live in a big, big business plan. And the big boys know exactly where they're taking us. Now, I've read all the articles, again, ad nauseum, and I won't go through it again, to do with the reasons for, that, that they're giving us for changing the world. What's politically incorrect or correct today is the weather warming and climate change. I'll be back with more of the stuff and the scandals after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. It, it does get monotonous really, as I know, uh, showing you or exposing you the techniques that are used upon you to make you go along with uh, what the big governments of the world want, which is depopulation, uh, a managed society, an ordered society. In other words, a dictatorship a dictatorial society where agencies run you from birth to death, but they also want to vastly reduce the population. And they're using climate change, which is just changes in the weather, which has always happened forever, always will, and all this bogus stuff to scare us into compliance, along with uh, sustainable development, really. That's the whole point of it. And they're blaming us for global warming or, or changes in the weather, which is such a farce, it's, it's too funny to even think about. But so much has been exposed about their nonsense, put that way, be very kind and say nonsense, uh, and their fudge figures that have been exposed over and over again. But it doesn't matter, as I say, it won't matter. They'll keep on at it because the Club of Rome dreamed up this plan. They're the premier tank for the UN, think tank for the UN, and they won't change it no matter what happens. Uh, even though we're under deep freezes across the whole planet right now, it won't make any difference about global warming. That's the mandate. And the bureaucratic uh, prostitutes will parrot this until they die, as long as their paychecks come in. This article here is from Mail Online. It's January the 24th. It says, another climate change blunder. First it's melting glaciers. Now natural disaster claim is debunked by Daniel Martin, January 24th. The world's leading climate change scientists have been caught out making unfounded claims about global warming for the second time in just over a week. Experts appointed by the United Nations said rising temperatures were to blame for an increase in the number and severity of natural disasters such as hurricanes and floods. But it's emerged that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change based the statement made in 2007 on an unpublished report that had not been properly reviewed by other scientists. Not reviewed, it was just a bogus claim. 
but it fitted the agenda. Says the report's author has since withdrawn the claim, saying there's not enough evidence to link climate change to worsening natural disasters and criticised the use of his data as completely misleading. Actually, this guy stood up at the meeting in Copenhagen when Al Gore was reading it and using it and says, I never wrote that. (laughs) That's what he said. It follows the IPCC's admission that it was wrong to state in its influential 2007 fourth assessment report that the Himalayan glaciers would melt by 2035. That assertion was based on speculation featured in an eight-year-old article in New Scientist magazine. New Scientist magazine, I think, is on board completely with all the agendas. The latest revelation means more embarrassment for the climate change lobby because worsening natural disasters were a central plank of arguments at the recent UN climate summit in Copenhagen. Barack Obama used the claims when he said last autumn, more powerful storms and floods threaten every continent. Climate change minister Ed Miliband has claimed that floods such as those which devastated parts of Cumbria last year could be widespread if global warming goes unchecked. Then he said last month, Events in Cumbria give a foretaste of the kind of weather runaway climate change could bring. Abroad, the melting of the Himalayan glaciers, so here's again him reading this utter fiction, (laughs) that feed the great rivers of South Asia could put millions of people at risk of droughts. The IPCC's 2007 report said the world has suffered rapidly rising costs due to extreme weather-related events since the 70s, suggesting global warming was to blame. But the claim was taken from a then-unpublished report by Robert Muir Wood, head of research at London-based consultancy Risk Management Solutions. When Dr Muir Wood released the report, he added the caveat, We find insufficient evidence to claim a statistical relationship between global temperature increase and catastrophe losses, (laughs) damage caused by natural disasters. The IPCC said it would investigate the false claim and could withdraw it. Professor Jean Pascal van Ypersel, vice president of the IPCC, said we are reassessing the evidence and will publish a report on national disasters and extreme weather with the latest finding. Dr. Muir would attack the way his evidence was used. He said the idea that catastrophes were rising in cost partly because of climate change is completely misleading. We could not tell if it was just an association or cause and effects. Also, our study included 2004 and 5, which was when there was some major hurricanes. If you took those years away, then the significance of climate change vanished. So here you go. They take reports, push them out of all reality and use them as facts to get their political agenda through. And that's what it is. It's a political agenda. I hope you all realize it's a political agenda. Now, also, uh, in the American Thinker, there's an article on a similar thing. It says the CRU was but the tip of the iceberg on climate gates. January 22nd, 2010. Not surprisingly, the blatant corruption exposed at Britain's premier climate institute was not contained within the nation's borders. Just months after the climate gate scandal broke, a new study has uncovered something uh, compelling evidence that our government as a U.S. principal climate centers have also been manipulating worldwide temperature data in order to fraudulently advance the global warming political agenda. Not only does the preliminary report, the PDF is here for it, by the way. You can download that. 
indicate a broader network of conspirators, but also challenges the very mechanisms which, by which global temperatures are measured. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article about the global warming scam and how those in the U.S. also get in the act, all the big official centers. It's from the American Thinker. It says here, last Thursday, certified consulting meteorologist Joseph Dalio and computer expert E. Michael Smith appeared together on Koozie TV, and the video link to that is here on the site. I'll put these links up on my site at the end of the show. Remember, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It says to discuss the Climate Gate American-style scandal they had discovered. This time out, the alleged perpetrators are the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's NOAA, and the, the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies. I shouldn't be surprised that NASA's in it because Hansen, the head of the NASA bunch, is actually an environmental, not just activist. He's a greatest pal of Al Gore. In fact, it was his first uh, claims that put Al Gore up in the, the limelight about the global warming issue. And Mr. Hansen's also uh, backing um, greenie movements to do terrorist acts at home by knocking down dams and stuff like that and wrecking factories. No kidding to turn it all back to this uh, natural uh, green world that it should have been in the first place. But they themselves, of course, won't be living eating grass, I'd imagine. But anyway, back to this article, it says, uh, it says, um, Noah stands accused by the two researchers of strategically deleting cherry-picked cooler reporting weather observation stations from the temperature data it provided the world through its National Climatic Data Center. That's the NCDC. Dalio explained to show host and Weather Channel founder John Coleman that while the Hadley Centre in the UK had been the subject of recent scrutiny, we think NOAA is complicit, if not the real ground zero, for the issue. And their primary accomplices are the scientists at GISS, who put the altered data through an even more biased regimen of alterations, including intentionally replacing the dropped NOAA readings, as the temperature readings, with those of stations located in much warmer locales. You see how they can fudge it all? As you'll soon see, the ultimate effects of these statistical transgressions on the reports which influence climate alarm and subsequently world energy policy are nothing short of staggering. Although satellite temperature measurements have been available since 78, most global temperature analyses still rely on data captured from land-based thermometers scattered more or less about the planet. It is that data which NOAA receives and disseminates, although not before performing some sleight of hand on it. Smith has done much of the heavy lifting involved in analyzing the NOAA GISS data and software, and he chronicles his often frustrating experiences at his fascinating website. And you can link to that from this page as well. I'll put these up at rememberedcuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. Their detailed seekers will find plenty to satisfy, divided into easily navigated sections, some designed specifically for us geeks, but most readily approachable to readers of all technical data. And he goes on 
and on to show you how they scammed and fudged all the statistics. It's astonishing. You know, even the top people um, at, at the IPCC, in fact, the top person at IPCC was taking thousands and thousands of dollars in grants for his own pri- private studies on the fudged statistics and the fudged glacial melting nonsense. They're all making such incredible money off this. It's, it's just astonishing that people are so naturally corrupt. That's, at least that's what I feel anyway. Now, we'll go to the callers, and there's Charles from Toronto there. Are you there, Charles? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm here, Alan. Uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, thank you again for all the things you've done. I've, uh, I bought all your stuff, and I'm hoping to uh, become a regular contributor. I wonder if we can maybe set something up where, you know, there's 200 or 300 people that send you something every month, and you can have something on your on your website that says, um, uh, you know, there's X number of people. You know, I don't want to turn it into like a PBS thing, but mm-hmm. just so that people know they're making a contribution that makes a difference. Um, so in any case, that aside, I've got a couple of questions. Um, you know of an example where the elites have been overcome uh, by uh, an, a popular uprising, or has it just been elites being overcome by other elites? Unfortunately, in history, it's generally elites battling amongst themselves. That's what all the the feudal era was about, right up until the so-called democratic era. And then you have a substitute, an early substitute, where the Whigs and Tories would battle it out for supremacy, for their own personal gain. Every politician in the 1700s, 1800s in Europe was filling his own pockets because he was really a spokesman for the lobby groups. Um, nothing much has really changed uh, there was a popular uprising, of course, in the United States of America, but it was quickly corrupted. In fact, there were so many divisions right after it, uh, and it, within a 100 years, they'd really found um, the bankers were moving in again for centralizing their cash. Uh, you can't stop them if you're going to use a monetary system. You can't stop them coming in unless, unless you truly coined your own stuff. And even then, you'd have to have civilian overseers that you elect from the public and change them every year to oversee what's happening. And I mean ordinary people, not people belonging to associations, uh, just to watch what they're really up to. Because it's, the nature of the powerful people is always corrupt. They are corrupt in personality, uh, and power does corrupt. Uh, ambitious, uh, ambition in itself, you know, is a terrible mistress. And these characters uh, can't help but corrupt everything that they touch for their own personal gain. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any major disagreements among the elites today that might foster some type of overthrow or something that might make a major shift? Well, not re- see what they've been doing for the last 50 years with all the international meetings uh, of the ultra-elites, uh, like the Bilderbergers and so on, is to basically cement and stone their belief that they are the superior types. They believe in Darwinism. They do believe that the world cannot sustain forever on a a consumption basis, especially the type that Bernays gave us, uh, this system. And therefore, they do believe that old types must die off. They really believe that uh, uh, obsolete man must perish or he'll bring down the superior. This was made perfectly clear and Charles Galton's book, The Next Million Years, and he was a descendant of Charles Darwin. And in the 1950s, 1956, I think, he wrote The Next Million Years. 
and he states it, uh, he puts it all out there. He said, um, we must eradicate and bring down inferior types in our, in our society so that we, the elites, the, the rightful heirs of the future, must go on. And he, he was cheered by all the biggies for putting that book out there. Um, so, so really, um, the only way to take things back really would be incredible mass demonstrations worldwide that are non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. And, and accept the fact that you've already got internal armies built up to take care of the chaos that they know is coming, and that's going to get put against you. But you know something? There's, there's no gain without suffering in this world for the ordinary folk. It's never happened without suffering, and it, and it happens to, has to happen sooner or later. You know. Sure. Yeah. Just one last question. Um, I know about all the various, or I've heard about a lot of the various methods they use, the the harp, the GMO food, the fluoridation in the water, the media, the, our educational system, all of basically to take our, our a higher degree of consciousness and turn us into pliable uh, slaves. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's happened that you're aware of in the last six months to a year? Because I, I see a general level of lethargy increasing, and uh, yeah. including among myself. I, 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 or with myself, I have to, uh, you know, uh, Take steps to, you know, increase my exercise and watch uh, uh, my diet and so on. But mm-hmm. it just seems that people just seem to care less and less, or more into sports and, and entertainment than they've ever been before. Yes, part of it is to be expected with a lot of people because, as I said in an earlier show today, uh, as the tensions increase, the worries that were dished out by the, the regular media. Uh, whereas down, we'll, most of it will escape into fantasy, uh, where they have a nice safe world and everything turns out all right in the end. Uh, on the other hand, I do believe Bertrand Russell was quite right when he said they'd use the needle and different techniques, um, the water supply, the food supply, to basically dumb down the public. I also know they're using spraying uh, uh, to use harp on the public, but also within the spray there's sedative effects as well to be used, and I think they're using it. Um, Rumsfeld came out after 9-11. It was on a Canadian television station, in fact, and he was asked by a reporter, what do they have ready to go? How will they pacify another city that gets in panic and, and uh, chaos ensues? He said, we have aerosolized Valium and Prozac ready to spray on the public. And I thought, well, that's got to be awfully big quantities. And then, of course, when the, they were doing the incredible daily spraying, they still are up here and everywhere else, I thought, why not just add it to that in times of, ex- of extreme stress and dumb us down even further. But you're right. I mean, harp itself can make you tired. Just just the harp effect, the pulsation, because they they can go along a, a certain frequency length. They can make you actually hyper and aggressive, as they found out with the test subjects, which were used in Maine. At first, Maine had a lawsuit in against the U.S. Pentagon for using this stuff, and um, they can also make you incredibly lethargic and tired. And tiredness is the most common complaint you find when you're getting heavy spraying. Well, you know, I, I find with this type of material because it's such a, uh, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not happy, upbeat material. That's right. yep. You have to try and find a positive. So the way I look at it is the number of things that are not going their way right now. That the uh, the fake flu uh, epidemic has mm-hmm. been exposed. People have said no to that, and mm-hmm. the, and it, the, the climate gate came out in Copenhagen, so people became aware of that. And I know they did sign an agreement, but it was much less from what I understood than what they wanted. And it looks like the healthcare system in the United States is uh, is teetering on the one they wanted to bring in, which is everybody was so against, who was aware of what was going on. It's it looks like it won't pass. So mm-hmm. it's not all going their way. So it looks like people 
uh, may have to suffer great, uh, great losses, but uh, I believe that there is um, cause for hope. There's constant hope. Uh, you, you can actually uh, delay them a little bit, but they always come back uh, with the same agenda. In fact, they've just announced uh, they've got another uh, meeting uh, at Copenhagen's Hagen Stella agreement to, to sign in about six months' time. This, this one they were after was the basic, basic agreement to, to sign anything that they put on the next bill. That's really what they were agreeing to. So technically they won. They're not stupid. And uh, you're right with the healthcare system. I just read that Britain's healthcare system is to get billions of pounds slashed, beginning with the hospitals in London, down to uh, – well, I don't know how they'll even keep open, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks again. Thanks for calling. But, yes, there, there's always hope. But the hope really comes before you hit the wall. You've got to start the mass demonstrations before it all so you starts. Have some energy and some resources at your at your call. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling. And um, there's also Kevin in Ontario. You're there, Kevin? Is Kevin there? Hear me? Yes. Hello, Alan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, well. It's been a couple of days since we last spoke. You know, um, you you uh, spoke about uh, you know how they're going to continue this this whole uh, never-ending war. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this whole war on terror is, uh, you know, it's just so perfect, you know, because, you know, you, you're putting, you're conducting a war on a military tactic and not on an actual nation or person. And therefore, you know, it's like you can, you can keep it going. And of course, you use the, the media, mm-hmm. uh, the, the main, the big, the mass media can make the, make the masses believe any, any kind of yes. nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. So we're here to fight terror. Yeah, we're going to fight terror, fight terror. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It's beautiful. But again, they, they said they would use this technique long, long before, 30 years before they actually introduced this this time. And uh, it's an old technique that's been used many times in the past. And by putting patsies forward, or maybe even actors for all we know, uh, with uh, wearing fancy underwear, you can convince the public of anything and take more rights away. But personally, I don't fancy being bombarded with x-rays uh, going through scanners, I don't care what they say about it. I know what X-rays eventually do to you, but um, they could do anything to the general public who who will believe this is all for their safety. Yeah, but you know, there, there's a there's a there's a saying here where us French Canadians like to say, and that's a young but at it. You know, uh, there's there's an end to everything. You know, when, when is it going to be enough for the pe- for the people? We know, you know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a uh, there's it's boiling underneath the surface. You know, uh, uh, another radio show is down in the States. He's based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. He tells me uh, that uh, the people down there are, are, excuse my language, but they're, they're pissed off. Yes. And big time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, C- Canadians, as you know, Canadians especially are, are too placid. And uh, they, they start to get angry when it really hits them in the pocket, when they, when they're, when they have to cough up more money and they simply don't have it. Or, or if they can't buy their food, that's when they're against a wall, and that's when they, they, they start basically screaming, and they're unorganized because of it. You've got to organize before you hit that phase and, and, and get into action and start demanding rights. Uh, and we, I tell you that we need the whole structure of society uh, restructured, and all these lobby groups would have to be banned from lobbying, no more lobbying in any governmental position. You'd have to restructure the whole governmental system, to be honest with you. Like like a good old reboot, like you like you do with a corrupt computer system. Yes. You know, there there was there was a there was a lecture at Nipissing University uh, earlier today on the on the prorogation of Parliament. You know, the second time in what a year that uh, the 
Puppet Harper uh, pulled that stunt mm -hmm. off, you know. Yeah. And uh, with with the thousands of students that go to both uh, Nipson University and Canada College, you, and of course with there with all the with the, this being a political town, you'd exp you would have expected a lot more people to show up there. There was only about seventy people that showed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, but a lot of people know about this whole new world order agenda. They know about the about the agendas. I I, I talk with like this whole new world order thing. Mm -hmm. is, that's all I talk about. It's it's it it, it has consumed my life. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. And what I fight with most people is that most people are apathetic. Yeah, apathy, apathy. Mind you, this uh, this is a technique that's been used on the public. And, and again, George uh, Bertrand Russell said that, said that we shall create apathy within society so they do not react to our proposed agendas. And they are doing it. They're doing it. And in fact, this is my little joke, but it's, all, it's always true as well. Canadian TV is the most depressing stuff you'll ever get on the planet. It's also, they make movies that are so depressing about, about crippled... Uh, lesbian, whatever, you know, and stuff like that is right out of the Soviet Union. And at the end of it all, you're just, bah, you know, that's what they feed you time and time and time again. And it's interesting, too, that, that, uh, that there's a, a defector from Russia who's up on YouTube from the Soviet Union, KGB, who worked in the CBC, he came over and he was given a job in the CBC. And he did tell the truth. He said there was more communists within the CBC, true believers, than he met over in Russia. And that's still the same today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, again, you know, you try to find people that actually know what's going on. But it's, it's to get people to actually get up and do something about it. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you it can change things. And this was found even in the demonstrations against uh, the atomic warfare build-up back in the 60s, 70s, through the 80s. It's when you get the older people and the families demonstrating. You've got to get the families. When it's just students, the, the public perceive it as a young, rebellious thing. When you see the families involved with the children, the police can't very well attack you that way either. That's when you get a show of force. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, and I think we'll try and cram in Sam from Australia. If he's there, is Sam there? Hey, Alan, how are you? Not so bad. Hanging in here. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's Australia Day here, so all the socials are out. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you say about um, getting the families out um, and all the old people out. They're a pretty uh, effective technique that they've got here against families and just anyone sort of coming out. Um, to protest mm -hmm. um, is to actually tell them, uh, you know, broadcast on the news, you know, how violent, um, like an event's going to actually be. Yes. I mean, when the Apex um, Summit was here on here a couple of years ago, um, it was just amazing that the, the media channels here were just absolutely rabble-rousing, um, just saying, look, you know, watch out, you know, family, stay away, yep. close down all the businesses. And so basically the centre of the city was actually just empty. And so you had the most hardcore sort of activists coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some sporadic sort of things of violence, but I mean, the, the police were so aggressive. Yes. Um, uh, there, was a, there was a father that was crossing the road that was crash-tackled by police in front of his own son. Yeah. Um, they just really, really, really went out, 
out of their way to actually create a, a, a pretty violent situation. And families aren't going to go. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. But yep. I think, you know, regardless, people, people still need to go out and, and, and show, you know, they got to, I tell you, there's no gain without pain, and that's true through the history of humankind uh, for the general populations. They have to go through this, and it's time, it's only through that that people will start being so horrified that, they'll, that they demand action, and they're forceful about it. You have to be forceful about it until the big boys start getting it through their heads. We mean business. And uh, then you got to you literally, when you get in, you, you got to start changing the entire system. And all of these militarized police units have to be completely and utterly disbanded. These are not policemen anymore. These are thugs. These are the king's men. In the old days, they just pulled out the swords and, and slashed you. Today, they have fire extinguishers full of pepper sprays that they spray on peaceful protesters. It's the same thugs that are employed through all the generations. Man doesn't change, but so the techniques have to be um, used that they've used in the past. And I'm telling you, the people are going to suffer one way or another. You either suffer this way and try and gain something for yourselves, a new system, or you let the elites come out and do exactly what they want to do, which is depopulate you by force until one day they're pulling your wife off to have a forced abortion, just like China, because it's her second child, and all of that kind of stuff. And we've got to put the foot down now and say we've had enough, because there's no democracy here to be seen anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I think people need to start asking the right questions as well. There's a great um, uh, documentary by PBS um, called The Meltdown, and, and, it, and it sort of details basically the you know the global financial crisis. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you look through it, and, and and they talk about you know Bear Stearns and all all of this, and how Bear Stearns was actually doing quite well, um, and this rumor started. And the, and the question is, where, where did that rumor come from? Yes. I mean, if you and I, you or I went out there and said, "Oh, look, you know, this this company's about to crash," yeah, no one would believe us. Yeah. Someone in 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 in, in, in a position who who people listen to obviously went out and said, "This company's in trouble." Yes. And that's all it took. That's all it took was if someone spread a rumor and and it caused a global financial meltdown. Exactly, and of course, when they put the president of the United States to come out and say we're going to have a crash and it's going to be worse than the 1920s, uh, that's the word for them all, is to make it happen. That, that was their first law of economics, never give public bad news. The whole system is based on optimism. It's a bubble anyway. That's what the stock market is. But thanks for calling. And for Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> 